What's up, Guerrilla Social Workers? Welcome to the Guerrilla Social Work Podcast with your hosts, the RILF himself, Jeff Moore, and yours faithfully, Mace Warren. Jeff and I are both forensic psychotherapists that specialize in clinical treatment of folks involved in the criminal justice system. We love sharing our random ruminations with all of you, and we thank you so much for your ongoing listenership. The boys sit down today to discuss New Year's resolutions, why they often fail, how this relates to motivation versus discipline, and some practical ways you could stick to your New Year's resolutions this year. We had a great time discussing this topic, and we hope you enjoy listening. So without further delay... trainings and doodling i'm always got to have be doing some bullshit yeah i mean well it's you teased me before about my pointless doodling oh yeah you do doodle yeah yeah and it sucks to boot yeah. like that's <laughs> <laughs> like it sucks to boot yeah it's not just it's not good it's not yeah. just doodling it's like it, shit doodling yeah yeah, yeah. it's mindless scrawling <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, well uh, yeah, sometimes it, it's kind of like, uh, when we get into trainings and stuff like that, I, um, although if you're sitting in a good training, it's easy to pay attention to it. You right. know, like it's the times that when you go to conferences, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. That those, those are the ones that tend to be horrible. And I, 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 man, uh, obviously this isn't the topic we're talking about today, but just as an aside, like any perspective up and coming clinical therapists, like if th- this is where you know you've gone awry is when and i've heard this from professionals with whom i work is is they'll say i'm going to go to this conference because the food's really good there like, oh, <laughs> that's that is rough that, that is that is that that if that's like cuz some of those conferences i mean it, it, i mean i have to go to a conference in march um to present on on our grant and I'm speaking on a panel and, and really, I mean, you know, it, it's not, I, I guess it's, it's probably a little bit more on the, um, uh, academic and intellectual side, you know, of things like only maybe I think it's a nerd type conference, like I an guess. Like level type thing, like yeah. that, that vibe. Yeah. On the criminal justice side of things. Um, but still, I mean, it sometimes, uh, I think the most effective ones, and this is why I started to think of like Cincinnati is doing really well was like when I saw Mindy Schweitzer presenting, like she did a really good job and you were like, really, I mean, she's obviously really charismatic. And, and when I saw Ed Latessa, when he presented and like, you know, funny and he, you know, if you've seen his presentation, you've seen them all, but they, they really make you start thinking about what what's my program doing? What can I do differently? And then they don't give you a solution, but they help you get connect to resources to back it up. Whereas so many other places, it's just like, want to hear how cool I am? Let me tell you. And that's, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, no. So I'm just saying, if you go to a conference and get CEUs, like you're not in terms of continuing education units, you're not being educated on anything. You're not learning anything. Like you need a training, you know, where you sit down and grind for three days. Oh, that that was one of my main problems with those types of trainings. That's why remember the one that we did at YHA, not we, but it was the 
the, the whole, the whole idea of the training was just like tools and stuff. And we presented our EFR stuff there. And remember like mm-hmm. that, that's where we got that. <clears throat> uh, I think it's all the stuff that you found on that website from the UK with all those, all those handouts. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, uh, Brian did some presentation where he had it like a, a, every person that presented, it was actually like, here's something to bring to session. Like you like, can use this. Yeah. on You can use this on Monday. First training I've ever been to at yeah. that point where I was like, Oh, I, th- this is like applicable stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of Monday. <laughs> so this is our first podcast of the, well, no, not our first podcast of the new year. Our first one recorded after the new year. Right. And, um, I, I made an observation that I wanted to, to kind of get, get like some feedback on here. So, um, you know, we, we go to the same gym, right. In Ogden and, um, and we used to go, do you still have memberships to both those major gyms in Ogden? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you need to get my gain sales to bro. Uh, it, it, I, I am annoyed very much so with, um, and I have been, and I, and, and, you know, I mean, I'm not shy about it. Like being annoyed with the first few weeks of January because the new year's resolutioners flock in and ruin everything. And, and, and look here, I'm going to clarify this in a minute, but, um, I was almost encouraged this year because I went to go lift on, I think the second, or maybe it was the first, no, the second I went on the second and, uh, it was kind of like a ghost town. Nobody was really there. So this would have been Sunday, Sunday, right? Nobody was really there. And I was like, Ooh, maybe it didn't happen this year. Maybe COVID killed resolutions too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But then, then the third came around and there they all are. Right. So it was just a shit show. And like, I'm pretty patient with the idea of new people coming into the gym, and I know we sound like meatheads, and we are, but look, like gym etiquette, right? Like really important, um, and and uh, just 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 awareness of kind of what's going on in the gym. Like I don't care if there's a lot of people in there, provided that you know you're practicing good gym etiquette, and and really the biggest thing is is like you know. Um, I guess my biggest pet peeve, I don't know what yours is, but is when, um, different lifts and stations are, are occupied for inordinate periods of time, you know, (laughs) unnecessary periods of time. Like that, uh, the day, I think I saw you there on Monday, didn't I? Yeah. Okay. So an example was there was, um, three dudes. Okay. Three dudes. And I was doing a, um, a, a shoulder shrug exercise, right? And these three guys were not only on that machine, but also three separate machines of their own. And they left their stuff at the shoulder shrug machine to go off and work on these other machines. And they weren't being quick about it. It's not as if they were doing like supersets or something like that. It wasn't like a circuit. To no, where they- no, they just left it. So of course I moved it and I think they were younger and I don't think they wanted to deal with it, but I was like, I'm not waiting for this. You know, I'm just going and I wasn't going to like fight them or anything like that. That's not the, that's not what I'm getting at. I'm saying that that is just really like horrible gym etiquette, you know, like not that's, to mention probably useless lifting at the same time. So that's 100% what my problem is with the New Year's resolution is I, I don't mind it being a little more packed, you know, it's, it's even encouraging a little bit. It is. Yeah, yeah actually. And I mean, I've, 
Yeah, exactly. It's it's encouraging. It's it's the lack of etiquette. I mean, the wife and I were there uh, yesterday, and um, we had uh, we were both working on the bench, and she had like we have our own like just roll out mats mm-hmm. for push ups, planks, sit ups, whatever, and she had hers uh, weirdos rolled out right by the right by the bench, and like some again young kids like just like walked on it and just like, I don't know, just like on your mat, on our mat, your personal mat. Yes. And like it, it's, it's that type of thing. I said something, I don't even think they heard. They were just oblivious laughing with each other, but it's just like those types of things are like, how the hell are you going to step on somebody's like, and I know that's maybe petty sounding, but it's the accumulation of those things. Cause it's, it's, it's that it's hogging the machines. It's people. Th- this is New Year's resolution or or, or whatever. Um, curls in the squat rack, man. People, because there's only three squat racks in any given gym. Yeah, and there's there's. Now, hey, hold, before you go, I do that. Don't do that, man. I'll, t- I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I I I don't know if I have a good reason. You have a horrible reason. But if I don't, like, bro. Uh, well, when when you can bench, if I can bench what you squat then stay away. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. Like <laughs> it made me drop my, my being. So now, here, here's what I'm saying. Yeah, let me, let me hear let this me, pitch. Okay. All this is the only reason why is, is because, um, and it, it's, it's more a, a preventative measure than anything is because I use like a 45 pound Olympic bar when I do curls. Right. And I put weight on there, but if I put it all the way on the ground, like, and I know this, I just have really bad technique about picking weights up off the ground. (laughs) And so on more than one occasion, I've had a spasm in my lower back, which has put me out of commission for like two weeks. Whereas if I just put it on the squat record, like right there, I don't have to bend over. I just grab it and go. So there's no bending when I do that. Lame reason as it is, still, I've never gotten a spasm from using curling on the on the squat rack and i'm i'm quick too i'm in and out so that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying do what do i need to offer a rebuttal or can you already you can offer a rebuttal (laughs) you can offer a rebuttal i mean what what i would say is is i I, you know um many uh pieces of equipment and and i've seen you do this by the way um many pieces of equipment in there are used uh beyond what their original intention was designed for correct I, I guess like, what, oh, like what? Yeah. I mean, like I, I saw you one time on, on one of those, um, what are those stabilization balls? Yeah. Trying to, uh, balance with both of your feet on that. You saw me doing that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. I'm no, I'm no expert. I don't think that was the original intention of that design. <laughs> now I'm not criticizing it because I assume you had, beyond just fun, I assume you had a reason for doing that, correct? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So fine. Like it is a functional reason for using that equipment. It's like, you know, um, off label med use, you know, I'm using off label use of what this equipment was designed to be. And so I'm doing it for that reason. But one thing you'll never see me do ever is I never use a Smith machine for uh bench press or shoulder press. So yeah, I do have some dignity. That, that's good. I mean, the, that sentence, I never use a Smith machine that for the, the period should be after just, I never use the Smith machine. <laughs> yeah. <period. laughs> yeah. Those are silly. Those suck. Why don't I just replace those? But yeah, what's the bit, what's the big, before we go, what is the big beef with that? Curls like, in the squat rack sure. or Smith machines? 
squat the curls on the squat rack. You, you can do curls anywhere. Kind of pretty much but there's there's if there's only three squat racks you're super limited and so people doing curls in the squat rack it's 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 occupying a piece of equipment that like i i guess you could make the case that okay maybe i can load the bar up and then like hang clean it to my shoulders but i'm not i'm not going to be using near enough weight to be able to get a squat workout and i squat <clears throat> way more than i hang clean and so there's there's only so many places to do squats mm-hmm. and there's tons of places to do curls. And then on the, on the side note, like the idea of lifting is to like get strong, man. And the, it, you should work on developing your, your lower back strength or something. If like pick, I mean, how much do you, how much are you curling? Oh, no, like I know. I, I, it's maybe? not, no, it's, it's never the curls that are doing it. And, and don't get me wrong. It's I, picking the weight up. Correct. But shouldn't, shouldn't you work deadlift or something like yeah, yeah. you curl more than you deadlift, man. No, I know. Here's, here's the thing I'm saying though, is, is I <laughs> routinely try to work on my, it's really, um, it, it's a flaw in, in not, not my, my strength regimen. It's a flaw in my, like my running regimen because I'm my upper body's not really built for running and <laughs> no right and so it takes a huge but I run in like really long distances right and that's a huge burden on your lower back you think you've broken yourself by being like a top heavy marathon runner no 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 I've I mean I found some it, it's just uh and it, it doesn't happen often I found some exercises that I use and um to mitigate it and i think it does a good job uh but you know i don't know like it, the last time i had one was during thanksgiving of this year and then uh before that it was more than a year before that but it when it happens it's like you know it, it's really painful for a period of time so i just try to mitigate that risk and if i need to yeah i'll use like uh you know the standing preacher curls and stuff like that it, it just is easier to and the, here's the other thing you're telling me it's not kind of a bitch to load those weights on when you have the bar on the on the ground. You kind of have to lift it up and push the weight. Like, oh yeah, okay. I, that that sucks. So it's yeah. it's it's totally being. I've got self- a trick for it. It's though, totally being selfish. I have tricks as for long it as too. you're acknowledging. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yo, couldn't you just use a preacher curl machine? No. Uh, well, yeah, because you have it. Because you could work where the uh, you rack the weight on the preacher curl machine. No, no, no. I know what you're talking about. Okay. No, no, no. Not not a machine. So you're gonna take on a full squat rack. Oh yeah. Do your curls. Oh yeah. I'll do it. Oh. I'm going to continue doing it, but that's not, was, <laughs> well, yeah, well yeah. so, I, but here's the thing it, that all that added together, all of those gym etiquette flaws and everything are, are not really what grinds my gears. What really grinds my gears is on January 15th, you know, by my, by my birthday, you know, which is middle of the month. Um, they're gone. They're gone again. Yeah. They're not there any longer. Yeah. And, and that's, I have two weeks of hell that I have to put up with and I can anticipate it every, and the only reason I'm still able to deal with it is because I anticipate it. I prepare for it and I'm better able to deal with it, but it pains me because it's pointless, right? They disappear because it, if they continued coming and we had to, yep. and they had to rent out that space next to it where there's like an ocean mart now, like, and put a new gym in. Yes. Awesome. Yes. I, I wish there's 50 gyms all over the place. You know what I With mean? With people getting fired up about getting in shape, exercising, right. getting stronger. So I thought about this and I was like, okay, why does that, why does that happen? There has to be 
Like this is, I mean, I, I'm noticing it anecdotally, but this, this has to be somewhat ubiquitous to the degree that somebody's researched this. And sure enough, they, they have, right? So I, I was thinking about this and I was like thinking, okay, so if you vowed to like, you know, I'm going to get them gains or, or, yeah. or crush those cows or liquidate those lipids or <laughs> what, what, whatever it is, whatever yeah. it is. Or, or if you're, if your resolution is I'm just going to pay off some debt or make up a new hobby or whatever, the, the likelihood is, um, at least prior to this is I assumed that it was going to flame out and it wasn't going to work. And I looked up some, some research on this and sure enough, um, New Year's resolution specifically. Yeah. There was an article from, uh, PubMed and the title of it was, so this is from Scranton university. The title was the resolution solution, longitudinal examination of new year's change attempts. And basically what they did was this was in the journal of substance abuse. And so it's a pretty big journal. I mean, um, they tracked self change attempts from 200 new year's resolvers, over a two year period, which is quite a long time. And then what they discovered was that uh, about only 19% of them actually followed through on the resolutions. So less than 20%. What are they counting as followed through? Uh, Whether or not like, so these were on here, it kind of says as they, um, and this was, let's see. um, When I was kind of reading the abstract, it didn't really go too much in detail on that up cause it's an abstract obviously, okay. but, but, but basically, um, only 19% stuck it out for successful, whatever we're calling. So here it is successful resolvers reported employing significantly more stimulus control reinforcement and willpower than the unsuccessful over the two years. Um, oh, two years. social support and interpersonal strategies failed to predict, uh, success before six months, uh, but did so thereafter. So in other words, like, the one, and this has kind of been reported pretty routinely, is that the, these things just fail. And so, the thing is, I think it's they mentioned something in there was was willpower, right? And I think that you might be tempted to kind of blame this on willpower, right? Like I have been, I've been. Well, yeah, it's just because you give up, right? But you know, you, um, you. So like, think about it like this. You can't really pass up. So, so if you're, if, if you're work, working on getting in shape, really pretty standard new year's resolution, right? You know, you can't, I, I thought about like, you can't pass up junk food, hit the gym, um, and, or save money or do any of those things if you're running low on willpower. So you have to be prepared to do this, but it doesn't really stem from that. I think the failure is because why What's so significant about January 1st in the first place? And in this case, it wasn't even January 1st. It was January 3rd, Mm. which was the big day, which was a Monday. And think of how many people in their mind. And so it's not just related to January 1st, but Monday's significant. Because think of how many people are like, I'm starting a new diet, but uh, I'll start Monday. But you know what? It's Friday night and I'm not going to start now. I'll just start Monday. But then it turns into, oh, you know what? But then the next week is Martin Luther King Day, so I can't start that Monday. Uh, and then it's like, okay, so when are you going to start? Like, when does this, you know, this Monday concept or any, I, I'm just thinking like this, it's, why it, why does January 3rd have anything to do with it? Like, why does the, the re, like, somehow that magically is going to move you into, I'm going to follow through with this. Yeah, I, I don't imagine that there's a good reason I mean, cause, cause I mean, 
I mean, everyone just kind of says like new year, new you, you know, that kind of cheesy stuff. And, but as, as like, why though? I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I think, and I, I know you're kind of getting somewhere with this, but I, I think people look, so look, yeah, there, people need kind of a jumping off point for something. And like, like think about like Joe Rogan and his friends with sober October, mm-hmm. you know, you have no fap November, mm-hmm. you know, and the, these, Oh, is that like no masturbating? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I didn't, fap. I don't, I never understood it. Uh, it's the sound that it makes. <laughs> Got Man, it. Yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was hoping that wasn't it. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, and, and then, yeah. So, I mean, I guess sober October and no fat November are the only things I can really think of, but uh-huh. yeah, January, I, I think it's just people have a hard time getting fired up and committing. Cause like you said, I'll start Monday, I'll start Monday. And so sort of having like, even though it's arbitrary, having like, sort of an officially recognized starting line. Well, the only the only distinction I would draw between those is when I hear Joe Rogan and his buddies talk about like sober October, that is more an exercise of distress tolerance than it is of long-term change. Yep. Like I'm I'm just, you know, and and it, when you ask people to temporarily enter into a mode of distress tolerance, I think most of us can accomplish that. But New Year's resolutions are never really about short-term distress tolerance. Right, right true. They're really about long-term change. And one thing that you and I know full well is that, I mean, working with some of the clients that we do, people just are not, I mean, people aren't going to make changes unless they're ready to. And I know that sounds obvious, but it when you think about readiness to change, um, I don't, I think it's a concept that a lot of us kind of misunderstand, like whether or not you're actually ready to change. Because if you, like when I think about, okay, um, if, if you launch your, like your change date as January 1st or January 3rd or whatever. Okay. Um, you're basing your change on a calendar date. You're not basing it on like a mental status or a mental shift, mm. right? So what this got me thinking about was like the the um, stages of change, the trans theoretical stages of change, right? That we that we often apply to where our clients are, and another and the reason um, like the therapists do this. So the the um, I'll give you guys kind of a quick description of this. So if you're just so I don't get this wrong here, I kind of wrote some of these down. So pre-contemplation, right? You're denying that you have a problem. Other people might be concerned, but you're not really ready to even recognize this, right? Mm-hmm. Contemplation. Uh, you you are considering that there might be a problem and you think about pros and cons of change, okay? Um, preparation. Uh, you, you're taking steps to get ready to make a change at this point. You haven't made any changes. Action. Now you're taking measurable steps to achieve change and then maintenance, like you figure out how to stick to your change over the long term, right? Um, how many people have thought about their New Year's resolutions somewhere along that continuum? Like probably uh, zero. Right. I, yeah, I, I can't imagine that that's part of their... Right. So the only people that really are able to be successful are ones who are lucky enough to have been in the action stage of change Right. Coincidentally on, you know, January 1st, which 
is apparently one in five. That's what we're dealing with, you know? So, so in other words, like I could conceivably, well, I, I was going to say, I could conceivably be in pre pre contemplation stage to, to quit smoking. I don't smoke, but just for example, well, your voice would say otherwise. I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, but I'm in the pre contemplation stage and then January 1st hits and I, I know I need in my head, I know I need some type of new year's resolution. And so it's like, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'll quit smoking, which I guess would be contemplation. But, but if, if, if I'm already kind of in that mindset, if I've, if I've barely even, if the only thing that nudged me from pre-contemplation to contemplation is, is just that I felt like I needed to maybe do something cause it's January 1st. Like it's not going to be long-term. I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, is that kind of what you're saying is I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have the, the wherewithal or the, the, the meat and potatoes of what's needed to create change in the moment. I was just, is an arbitrary, here's this date. I guess it's time to change something. Well, not, not just that I would, I was, I mean, well, what an insane proposition to begin with. Like here's a date and magically because everybody gets loaded and sings some weird song. <laughs> that song. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, that now somehow we're going to follow through on this. Right. And I'm not saying don't do these things. What I'm saying is, is like, yeah, commit to changing your behaviors, but also try to analyze when you're ready to do so. Okay. So, I mean, like an example, because, Unfortunately or fortunately, like going to the gym and staying in shape, that's a, I mean, a pretty significant commitment and you have to give up some things in your life that you, you might otherwise want to keep in your life, you know, whether that's time at home with your family or your kids, or I mean, watching TV or, or, or whatever, um, or sleep for that matter. I mean, I, I, uh, I had to, I had to get up this, I have to, I had to get up this morning, um, Maybe it's a curse, but the gym, I don't know. Did you notice they changed their hours? They're open at four now. Oh, I didn't notice. So, um, just because I, I have a pretty tight schedule this week cause I got to go to an institution and do polygraphs with our polygrapher Ed. Right. So I got to get in everything this week. So I went this morning and I was there at five. It's a rough workout at 5 a.m., meaning I had to wake up at four. And then tomorrow, you know, I'm going to be at the jail. I got to be at the jail at 530, which means I need to be at the gym at like 415. Oh, boy. I know. And but I and had they not, now look, I I, I know that's going to suck, but I'm going to make sure that I do it. And and that's that's not really based on I'm not super jazzed about it, though. Right. Like it, it's. And that's different. I think, you know, people who go there that we see are pretty jazzed about being there. I think they're happy to be there. I think, you know, and, and good for them. Right. My thing is, is can we work on sticking with that long term? Because one thing I just I mean, if you think about motivation as a whole, it, it's kind of it's kind of silly in some ways, like being motivated and, and look no further than like motivational speakers like, <laughs> dude. I mean, aside from like Tony Robbins, which dude, I don't know, I gotta, I gotta go to one of those seminars one of these times. Like, I don't know if anything's going to change in my life, but I just got to go one of these if times. He, if he comes through, I'll go with you. It, well, I looked at, I want to go to, do you know they're like five G's to I, go? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, I'm not kidding. Dude, no. a motivational speaker, like the only way I would listen to this dude is if he's Tony Robbins. Cause some, I mean, I don't know, just a really charismatic guy. Right. He's a legend. Right. 
Or if this guy flew in on a jetpack that was fueled by burning hundred dollar bills, you know, yeah. and he promised and committed to uh, us achieving, you know, more successful outcomes, at least an 80% increase in our, in our successful outcomes within six months. Or he has like a, a bomb around his neck, a collar bomb around his neck that will explode. Like, oh, I'll go to that. Okay. Thing. I'll be, I'll listen to you. Yep. Like, I feel like, but mo- dude, most of them, they get you all pumped up and you're ready to hear their end. You're like, all right, sweet. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Right. And then they just throw out these banal platitudes, like, you know, like nonsense. They'll say like, well, you, you your only limit is you, bro. I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I got, I got it. So <laughs> yeah. this is partly, partly my fault. Um, yeah. and I, I really need to get, I need to get my shit together. All right. So, Okay, how do I do better? You need to do it now. <laughs> now. If, yeah, no. <laughs> if, if, if you do not, if you do, if you don't go after what you want, you'll never have it. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, right, right. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. So, so how do I get there? Right? How do I how do I get there? You just need to push yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I got it. I got yeah. it. So, what exactly is my first step? Start where you are. Three months from now, you'll thank me. Like, what, what were you yeah, talking about? The first like, step <laughs> is the first step. <laughs> like, dude, yeah. what, is, what does any of this yeah. even mean? Like, you're, yeah. you're just talking nonsense <laughs> about this. So, yeah. and, and honestly, when I think about long-term change, it's, it's much less, uh, it's just kind of more boring and simple when you break it right down. Maybe not simple is the word for it. But it's it's not as sexy. Let's 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 say that. And it kind of got me thinking about um, you. You worked to put together a, an assignment that that we regularly teach our clients, which is kind of this difference between motivation and discipline. And I was thinking, okay, how do we how do we help people understand the differences between motivation versus discipline as it's applied to New Year's resolutions? So, um, I mean, I, I was just kind of curious, like. How did you come up with that concept? And really, I mean, what are the differences like in, in you know, kind of in a simple way of, of understanding it? I uh, read about it. Um, so it's not it's not an original concept. Me talking about motivation versus versus discipline. Um, Jocko talks about it a lot, right? He does. Yeah. All the time. Yep. And big, big. I like his saying that discipline equals freedom, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah, it's not certainly not my concept, but. Kind of the ideas. So like when we're talking motivation, uh, see, I think I actually have the, see, motivation can be defined as the reasons one has for acting or behaving in a particular way or the general desire or willingness of someone to do something. Motivation provides a source of energy and inspiration to change something in your life. And so it's, it's the, it's the fuel, it's the kick, it's what gets us off the couch. It's so it feels it, good. It feels good. Exactly. You know, it, it can be internal motivation could be external, you know, maybe, maybe you, uh, you know, you step out of the shower and you see yourself in the mirror and like, Oh God, I got to get to the gym. Or maybe, maybe somebody inspires you. You listen to a guy like Jocko and, uh, you know, it's like, damn, I, that dude's a stud. I want to be like him. And, or it says something to get you fire up, uh, one way or another, it's like the emotional fuel. It's the, it's the currency for which usually initiates the change process. It, it's probably what moves somebody from pre-contemplation to contemplation, at least kind of gives them the nudge, mm-hmm. you know, and then from contemplation into preparation, it's that nudge. And we need it. Like, but the, the thing is, is like with goal setting or new year's resolutions in general, people lean on motivation too much. And 
they'll when when they when they lose when they when you know when January fifteenth comes around and they've b- dropped out of their uh, fitness plans, they'll they'll cite a lack of motivation. And you know, I just you know wasn't feeling it, or you know, I got too busy, got you know, t- didn't I don't have time for it. This this come up, this came up, and the the, the reason for that is that motivation is really fickle, mm-hmm. and try as we might, we we really can't harness it on demand continuously. And I mean, if you can, if you could you know, find a way to develop some, some new pre-workout drink that as soon as you took it, not only did it give you a little bit of a buzz, but it also like gave you that spark, that feeling uh, you'd be a rich man. Wolf blood, 2000. Yeah. Wolf blood, 65, but thunder quads, 960. <laughs> Just like some arbitrary number. Yeah. Supplement companies have uh, cool names. <laughs> what, what was that silly blood stuff? <laughs> <laughs> what was that silly uh warning that was on one of those pre-workouts that we read oh is yeah yeah i it, it, i don't know it talked about nanoparticles aerosolizing yeah aerosolized like, nanoparticles. oh so like when you open it and it's powder and it goes in the air yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look out this caution yeah caution damn it oh my gosh that, so that type of <laughs> just silly advertising actually does motivate people. You get some awesome label on a workout supplement or, or whatever it is. But a- anyway, the the point is, is that as much as we want it, motivation is not like a light switch. That'd be dope if it was. If you could just flick flick a switch and boom, you, you know, whether it's uh, starting a routine or, uh, you know, uh, if you want to start your own business, you know, after you get done with your shift of working, you, you spend, spend your time rather than sitting on the couch, you draft up a business proposal, a plan, like any change that you're trying to make, you know, uh, quitting smoking is a real common one. The motivation gets us to the, to the field, but it's, it's not what sustains us. And that that's where discipline comes in. Mm-hmm. So the discipline it, and, and you and you wrote this, by the way. So yeah. it's not as if you're reading from somebody. Yeah, else's, these are my these are my words. somebody else's manuscript. Yeah, <laughs> these are my words. This is one of the assignments we have therapists uh, work with clients on. So discipline in the sense we're talking here is from the verb form of the word and can be used defined as the act of training oneself to do something in a controlled or habitual way. And wow, that's loud. Yeah, and, and, and so. It's putting off your short-term goals for the, the you know the long-term desire. It's it's going. It's it's when you have a jam-packed schedule that disrupts your normal gym routine and getting yourself up an hour earlier than usual and and making it happen and going there. It's when you have to go to the gel at you know five thirty, and so that means you need to be at the gym by four fifteen. Like it's it's making those sacrifices that you're talking about to. Regardless of, because look, when your alarm clock, what, what day did you say you're having to go into the jail? Well, I, I go in tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. So you're getting up at what time? So to get, I mean, I'll prepare tonight, but to get like ready and and make it sure that I'm there by uh, 4.15, I probably got to leave here around 3.45. So probably no later than 3, 3.15. All right. So I promise when 3.15 rolls around. 
you're going to want to, your alarm goes off. You're going to want to pull those covers back over your head and just hit snooze, turn your alarm off, tell yourself, Oh, I'm prepared for that. I need my sleep. And it, I've got a backup. What's that? <laughs> I've got a backup alarm. Oh, that yeah. It's incredibly difficult to turn off. So you, you know yourself, you know yeah. that, yeah, you'll, you're that whatever version of yourself is in that sleep, wake fog. It's, that's a manipulative bastard. That version of you, mm-hmm. that version of me, all of us, mm-hmm. we have that, that I'll oh, just go back to sleep. Just lay down. It's fine. It's fine. But <clears throat> You're going to, I know you'll make it to the gym. I have no doubt, Yeah. but it's not motivation that's getting you there, bro. No, it's discipline. It's that you already set out to do it. You have a plan in place. You're going to stage your, I'm assuming like stage everything so that getting out the door tomorrow morning is as easy as possible. Maybe get your, whatever clothes you have, you're going to have ready to rock. You're going to have like, basically you're going to make it as easy on yourself in the morning to get out the door so that. You're not fighting against yourself, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And yeah. And and you have the discipline to get there. I, I know that because I have to do the same kind of crap. Yeah. You know, um, but the, see, and that, that in and of itself right there, and this is just for people who are starting those new year's resolutions, because um, one of the common reframes that I hear about that is so, you know, I, and I never, I never like talking about, you know, when people ask, ask me about gym practices personally, because inevitably I tell them and then immediately they proceed to tell me why they can't do that, which I never asked all for the that time in the first place. And, and not, and it almost makes me like feel bad that I don't know if it's feeling bad, but it make it puts me in a weird position that this person talked themselves into defense, right? When I was like, oh, I, if people have asked about work ethic too, you know, like uh, uh, an example I thought was that was, um, you know, w- when I was explaining my my employment practices when I was doing therapy up in Wyoming, right, and doing stuff with our, it, it's, I mean, long drives, zero sleep, and I said when people would ask, well, how do you do this, and I'm like, I'll tell you, but I'm telling you right now, I don't recommend it, <laughs> okay, not not because. And then, so I say it and then people are like, oh, what? I can't do that. I'm like, I, I told you, I don't recommend it. Right. That's, that's not, I'm not recommending. I just, I know me and I know kind of how I'm wired and these are the things that I need. And so, but like, I hear the reframe of, well, you know, like I'd like to get to the gym. I just don't have time. I'm like, well, it's like, I, I know what you do for a, a living and I do triple that. And, um, and I still have time. So what's going on here? You know what I mean? And, and it just, it, it's, that's, I think those are indicators right there that you are in a position where you're maybe not ready to change as, as much as you thought you were, you 100%. know, at this point. and it's, it's not, and, it, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's not a failure of willpower on your end. That is because what that does, like if I was working with a client, and I realized that they were in contemplation stage of change, right? I don't try to skip a step. I don't try to like go from contemplation to action. Hmm, okay. I don't do that. 
I mean, what I try to do is move them to the next stage of change. Like, and that usually comes from conversations with them, you know, like what is it that will make, you know, that will help us get to this point? You know, what would need to happen in order for, you know, what would you have to hear from other people? Uh, you know, how bad would it have to get in order for you to do some of the, I, I have these conversations with clients to start to evoke reasons and help them start to eliciting their own reasons for change to the point where they're moving in that direction. That's what I do. Right. And then they move into the next stage of change. And then once we're there, awesome. Let's sit here for a minute, however long we need to. And then let's move into the next stage of change. Like that's essentially what we need to do. And too many people, I think, are in contemplation. They think, yeah, it, you know, they think, oh, yeah, it'd be a good idea to lose weight. And, you know, I've I've got that high school reunion coming up in June or, or something. Be nice to look good going there. And so this year I'm going to do it, you know, and it's easy to contemplate that. It's easy to think about that. Um, the actions though, man, action is horrible. It's a really discipline sucks. It's, it's not fun. A lot of the time often. Yeah. Not fun. Yeah. The, the, um, high school reunion in June is the motivation, right? It creates that spark. It makes you want to, makes you want to do it. And so if I'm the perspective, you know, dude that has my 20 year coming up and, you know, I, I start thinking, what can I do? What can I, you know, uh, who knows stuff about working out? I know I'll talk to Mace and then, you know, I come and talk to you and say, you, know, you seem to know a little something about getting into shape. Like, and I, and I ask you and you run it all down for me. You tell me everything. I'm forced to confront that I'm not ready and that's not easy to do. And so it's easier for me to lie to myself and tell myself I don't have time. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a lie. It's a lie. We tell ourselves to preserve our ego and it, it, it doesn't. And, and again, like maybe, maybe, maybe you're prioritizing something else ahead of exercise, but you have time. If you make time, you'll have time. And, you know, maybe you have a situation in your life that, it makes it really hard and look that that's on you to figure out. But when you're, when, when you're telling me what you do to get into shape and I'm responding by saying like, well, I can't do that or that's not going to work for me. That's, that's not even me telling you that that's me hearing myself talk and preserve my ego and giving myself an excuse to not, to not do it. And once a person's able to transcend that and recognize that they're feeding themselves a line so they don't have to put in the extra effort or time or energy or whatever it is. Once they realize that, I think that's when they can, they can turn that corner. But, but until then, I think people get trapped in believing their own bullshit about not having time. Right. Well, and not only that, like, take it you you're not it's not a great comparison it's not a great metric of of your own progress right i mean it's not not that i mean i think you and i is it fair to say we we exercise more than the average bear i would say so okay all right so it, you know if somebody's asking you know like um you know i just got done with an iron man in november um like what's your routine for that okay <laughs> 
Well, it, <laughs> if I, it, the weeks leading up to it seems insane. Right. And, and maybe it is a little bit, but for me, it's like, Oh, okay. You know, I'm just getting ready for this and whatever. Um, but, and it is hard, but it's not, not doable, you know? And now if I tried that day one, that'd be horrible. That's what I'm saying. Like the me six months prior to then could not have done those things that I was doing the week, you know, on my, the week before my taper, I couldn't have done those things. And if you said, okay, here's your training schedule, I wouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. So if you, I think that's a horrible place to start is asking somebody who is routinely working on fitness. If that's what your goal is, you know, what's your routine? Horrible way to start because that's not going to be your routine because why would it be like if, if that person's been doing this for years upon years upon years, and they're idiots about it, you know, like you and I are, um, why would you adopt that? Or do you even need to at that point? Well, I think it's like a lack of knowledge of what's going, cause I mean, they'll, they'll look at your routine and they look at that as a blueprint for looking like you and being able to perform the way that you do. And Mm -hmm. they're, they're missing, they're missing the steps that you've been you've been lifting heavy weights and exercising since you were 14, Mm -hmm. you know, and that counts for something, Mm -hmm. you know, it, 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 and so you're talking about maybe lowering, it sounds, it sounds weird, right? Cause like the, the, cause I, I pitch the same thing to clients when I talk to them about this and I'll, I'll tell them to lower the bar, which sounds really weird coming from a therapist to like lower your expectations. But for people just starting out, if, I mean, if we have a completely sedentary person and, you know, the, the sedentary person decides like all the time I have, you know, but cause I, I never shut up about jujitsu, uh, you know, people will want to come in and train and everything. And again, they'll ask my routine and, you know, I'll talk about, you know, I lift weights, I do jujitsu, I run I something every day, you know, sometimes I'll lift weights before jujitsu so that I fatigue myself. So I have to rely on technique and they want to do what I'm doing. And like, honestly for them, like even just for some sedentary people, even just setting the goal of I'm going to walk around the block three times, twice a week. Even if you did walk around, if you were led a sedentary lifestyle and you walked around the block once, that's a victory. That's 100% improvement from where you were yesterday. Exactly. 100%. And that matters. Yeah. Scoring that W, getting that under your belt to say, to, cause look, like is, is that block that you've walked going to make a substantial difference in your body frame? Like, well, no, but it, it it is, it's 100% more than you did yesterday, but it, it, it's also a a starting point. It's like, Hey, I set out to, cause the, the mentality is what matters. That's where the discipline comes in. It's, I set out to do something. I told myself I was going to walk a block and then I did it. And it's like, there's a W. Okay. And that that's kind of how and speaking of Jocko, he talks about, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Everyone knows that took hundreds of years to get there. And the, 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 <clears throat> the fall of Rome also didn't happen in one day. It took hundreds of years to decline. And that's how our, our change that that's how our, I guess we're looking at just to stick to physical fitness. It takes a long time to get into the type of shape that you're in. And like, getting like getting out of habits and and spiraling into uh like a sedentary lifestyle it it starts with little decisions it starts with 
you deciding that you're going to sleep in and and not go work out before you go to the gel. Yeah, and that's just one little decision. If you if you didn't go to the the gym tomorrow morning, you're going to be fine. The problem is, is people know that and that. But like excuses start to pile up. Well, maybe I won't be fine because here's what happens. This is what I know is going to happen. So I have I'm on my <laughs> just give you an idea is I'm on a I'm on a uh, uh, like a a schedule that I've set for myself, which I think that's important. Um, I mean, and and this isn't again, I'm kind of like we didn't. I, I think hopefully people understand you might be a little disappointed because I'm, I'm not going to I don't think either of us are going to give you a prescription on what to do. And, and the reason why is because everybody's different. Um, so if ever you listen to, this is kind of what drives me nuts sometimes about, um, you know, you and I both listen to like Joe Rogan quite a bit. And one of the things is he has a lot of fitness dudes on there and dietary people on there. Mm -hmm. And the only, the only consistent, um, concept from person to person to person, whether they're talking about keto or intermittent fasting or the carnivore diet or whatever is everybody's different. That's the only constant of, of, across the board. You know what I mean? Like everybody's different. So what's going to work for one person is not going to work for another. Uh, uh, I mean, look no further than like my diet. You know, people ask me, what do you eat? I was like, I don't even want to talk to you about it. I don't even want to tell you about it. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> It's awful, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and it's, it's <laughs> nothing good. I'll tell you that right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, uh, and you know, you can boil it down to, I think the simplistic thing, and I hear this from people a lot too, it's not really insulting is when they say, oh, you just got good genes. And I'm like, I guess, I mean, does that mean I'm a better human than you or, or yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, but I'm, but I mean like what, again, that's you making an excuse. Yes. Right. So I'm saying the the thing for people to do is realize that um that you getting there um the only person you want to compare yourself to is you right that's it i mean get, i mean getting away from the fitness thing imagine this was um i want to be better about my money management right and then you went and asked um i don't know bill gates um so tell me how what your financial practices are like dude <laughs> what are you going to get from that? Like it's, it's so far beyond like, right. You're ne it's, it's it not, and it's not an analogy saying that I'm, you know, like we're the Bill Gates of the, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that right. if I measured my success in terms of money making ability against Bill Gates, I'm always going to be a loser. Right. Always. The, I mean, the biggest loser on the planet, right. if that was my metric, right? That's not a good way of looking at it. You should always only compare yourself to yourself. And that's why I think like for me, at least, um, events and stuff like I, I know there's been like a lot, there's a lot of, so if you Google like how to make new year's resolution stick, there's, there's a lot of different things, right. That come out there. And some of those are, you know, smart like, goals how to be the first thing out there. Right. Sure. Yeah. I, that's the first thing you'll see. Smart here, goals. I mean, dumb, dumb stuff though. Like posted on social media. So everybody oh, can see this. I'm like, right. dude, uh, here's the thing. Uh, all I'll get is inspiration, pseudo inspiration from other people. Like you got this dude or whatever. And I don't like that. I don't like people telling me you got this or giving me 
a pat on the back. And I mean, I am my worst quit critic, like, and I dig it. Like, <laughs> I like it when people are mean to me and they say nasty stuff about me and that for whatever reason that gets me through it. And man, would I prescribe that for everybody? Of course not. That's like crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know why I like it, but I do, you know, and it's you not like a, people doubting you. It's not a proving them wrong type thing though. It's like, it's almost like it just is. Yeah. I just like the idea that I've overcome something. This was really hard. It's not really, it's just from internally, like for making me feel better about the whole thing. But so first things first, I think assessing your readiness to change is super important. Okay. Like, because so, so if you think about readiness to change, which is like being ready to make a change. Okay. So think of that as, as a combination of, and we do this when we train therapists in motivational interviewing and preparing clients. As we we talk to clients about this, we say, okay, readiness to change is a combination of how important something is to you and how confident you are in making the change. Okay. okay, and this is where we use like readiness rulers, and this would be for anybody who's doing this. And we say, usually give them a really simple scale, zero to ten. Okay, um, and I say so on a scale from zero to ten. Um, this is zero being, this is not important to you at all. 10 being, this is the most important thing in your life right now. How important is this to you? Honest assessment. Okay. And, and just do this by yourself. You don't need to do this with like right. somebody sitting there. Cause sometimes with a therapist, like, you know, they want to impress you. Right. Give, right. Tell you what you, they think they want. Right. So it's importance and confidence, importance and confidence. So like sometimes I'll ask, you know, what, what do you want to make a change with? And sometimes uh, like substance abuse is a lot of our clients that come in. Right. And I can see the side effects of substance use in the wake of chaos that has led in their lives. And I say, okay, well, well, what's the thing that you most want to change right now? I want to get off probation. Okay. I'm not going to argue with that. I being on probation is, is a function of your substance use behavior and kind of a consequence of your substance use behavior and a way to monitor that such that you're not a danger to the community, right? That's what probation is. Getting on probation isn't going to help your substance use behaviors, but that's where you said, and that's fine. But Start where they are. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to argue with you at this point. Okay, great. And then I'll ask, how important is that? And almost inevitably they say 10. 10. The most important thing, it's more important than breathing. I mean, <laughs> You know, um, it, because it, it, it is important. I understand that it's important, but they'll say a really high number. Right. And then, so internally really think about that. How truly important is this to you? Like really how important is like this? Like if 10s as, con or, or as whatever the most important thing to me would be a 10, one is not at all. Where, where is that? So, right. if, you know, if I'm okay, like a, a, for me to get off probation, um, it's a, it's an, it's a nine. Right. Right. And, and a lot of my questions, and, and these are questions you should ask yourself too, is okay. Well, um, so why not a seven or an eight? Why a nine? Right. And the reason I'm asking you that is because I want you to justify that nine. I want you to really justify that. And that's, those are questions internally to ask yourself. So even if I'm a five, why not a three or a four? I mean, I want you to, to give me a justification for why you gave yourself a five. Cause then the number is no longer arbitrary. I've had to like scale it in my head and decide like, well, okay, I'm saying five. So I guess a four would look like this and that's why I'm a five. Correct. Yeah. Because I want you now to start looking at like, how does that translate behaviorally? 
what do these numbers look like behaviorally, right? Because my next question would be, all right, knowing that you're a five and knowing that the reason you're a five right now, because you're not a three or a four and you gave me those reasons, what would it take to get you to a six Mm, on importance? What would make this more important, right? And so on probation, for example, they might say, um, if, if they threaten to send me to prison. Okay. So if a threat, if, if the stakes suddenly became higher, this would become more important to you, which kind of translate that kind of makes sense. Right. Um, and so that's conversations that anybody listening to this, who's trying to stick to a new year's resolution can start to have a conversation with themselves and moves. Now with confidence, same thing, like how confident are you in making these decisions? So if we talk about like, you know, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Okay. How confident are you? We, we understand it might be important. Confidence is usually the one that is rated lower. Of course. Because people, I think, doubt themselves, which is important. Okay. And your confidence is important for moving you forward. Not, not like fake confidence or pseudo confidence. I'm mean like legit confidence because confidence is important for discipline. Like you have to have one begets the other. Like, like if I'm going to do... If I'm going to embark on this losing 10 pounds goal, I have to have confidence that the method that I'm choosing will get me there. Correct. Okay. And discipline begets confidence and confidence begets discipline because the more disciplined I am and the more hard decisions that I make and follow through with, the more confident I feel about those decisions because I'm seeing and, and really think about what what. The W's is what really moves the needle in confidence. Like most of my clients, if I say, and I go through the same method and I, you know, zero is I'm not going to lose one pound. In fact, I'm going to gain 20 and (laughs) 10 is I'm going to start today and start losing that weight. Right. Really genuinely ask yourself how confident you are on that. And then what would it take? And when I ask, what would it take to get you to a higher number? So let's say they rated themselves as a three. What would it take to get you to a four or a five? when I started seeing progress, when I started seeing changes there, you know what I mean? And really, so I, those are questions to kind of ask yourself because, and also pay attention to your thoughts and your language. Cause like true indicators, we, you and I, I think have a pretty good ear for when people are ready to make genuine changes. I mean, don't you feel pretty con- like yeah, you feel point, Yeah. 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 Like, it, I mean, um, you know, if somebody says I I've decided I'm going to stop smoking today, like, pretty confident statement, you know, um, um, or they, they've thought this through and stuff. So that's kind of the next question is, is, well, how do we sustain that in the long term? That at least says now I'm ready to enter into action stage of change, but how do we follow through in the action stage of change? And that's where, I don't know. Um, like when I think of discipline, it, it, that's where people just, it's just really hard to stick with it. It's just really hard to stick with it in the long run. So uh, go ahead. Well, I, I, I was just going to follow up on you saying it's hard to stick with it. Um, a common principle in recovery is called the abstinence violation effect. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that the abstinence violation effect uh, really demolishes people's goals. Can you explain that? Yeah. So abstinence of course is uh, you know not doing a given behavior and so again we'll stick with smoking since i sound like a smoker today and, <laughs> and every day and all the time yeah <laughs> i basically sound like i smoke cigars yeah um if i if i abstain from smoking uh however long i've abstained i've stayed away from it maybe i've got a month under my belt if for whatever reason 
I slip up and I smoke a cigarette, I violated that period of abstinence. And and so, you know, I'd, again, I'd gone 30 days abstaining from cigarettes, weak moment, smoked. That's the violation of the abstinence. And that has a pretty reliably predictive effect in people and that they'll just kind of say, ah, screw it. All that time lost 30 days down the drain. Why did I even try Just screw it? And they'll just go off the chain, chain smoking again. And I mean, like this happened to me, uh, well, it's been a little while now, but I'd, I'd really cut down like sugar and, and everything like that. And I've got a weakness for Oreos and, you know, we could talk about recovery principles and everything, but you know, we, we still had Oreos in the house, even though I Dude, was trying to stay away from it. Have you ever had those, those white fudge covered Oreos? No. Oh my God. Those are so good. Does it not have the cookie? The, it has the cookie, okay. but it's covered in white fudge. Well, it it's only around fudge. in the holidays. And dude, I see them and then I buy like six boxes. You can't be telling me this shit, man. Well, they're gone now. You can't, they were like no, super limited, but then I see them and I'm, I'm a, buying I'm a double stuff type of guy, bro. I'm going to get you. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know you were into Oreos that much, but yeah. these ones, they are, they're, they're trouble. They're yeah. They're dangerous for sure. <laughs> so because of the trouble, those cause, well, this wasn't even the, the fudge one. This is just regular old double stuff. I, I had one Oreo that violated six months of abstinence from it within five minutes. No, I'm not exactly within 20 minutes. I consumed an entire sleeve of Oreos. Dude, tell me that you twisted those bitches apart and made a quadruple stuff one. You know what I do? Man? <laughs> I, I, I do. I, 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 I drop them. I'll take multiple Oreos and I'll just drop them in a cup of milk and let it turn into like a soupy, like chocolatey, just oh, sludge. And I, 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 I spoon it out. Oh, <laughs> those I, are my I Oreos. know you're serious too. Yeah, I really am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. That's gross. But, but I, I, I went off the chain and it's because in my head, uh, I was, I'd, I'd kind of like told myself that of hell with it. You know, I screwed up progress lost. It's a, it's a screwed up way of thinking, but it's really common. Yeah. And like, that's the type of thing that can, uh, sabotage discipline. And so mm-hmm. when we're talking to clients, I'll, I'll explain that. I'll, I'll tell them my Oreo story and it's kind of a humorous way to address an otherwise serious topic. If we're talking like recovery and stuff, cause you know, I'm equating heroin to Oreos, but for the, for the purposes of explaining what the AVE is, the abstinence violation effect, I, I think it helps clients get the like, all right, I need discipline, but if I'm human, and I slip up or make a mistake or bad choice, whatever it is, just get back on the wagon, keep going, keep moving through it. You didn't lose. You didn't lose any of that progress. Right. You know, you, you, you learn things about yourself. You, you prove that you could do that for however amount of time you abstain from it. And now that you've relapsed on whatever it is uh, that like consider it a lesson, buckle down, get going, make a, make an adjustment, maybe, remove the Oreos from your house. So they're not sitting there staring at you. Right. And, and move on, keep moving. Well, and even on the uh, stages of change model, they've kind of put a new, 
a new stage after maintenance, which is relapse. Right. And, um, Hmm, interesting. Yeah. And, and here's the thing I always try to tell clients though, is I'm not a huge fan of the idea of maintenance anyway. You know, um, I I think maintenance tends to be, um, the breeding ground of complacency. Yeah. And so I always ask clients to ask themselves, well, what's next? Because when you're in maintenance, just start over back in pre-contemplation and ask yourself, what's next? What new additional change am I going to make in my life? And really, that's that's it's it's what speaks to changes um, on, on like long-term changes. So there was a – I looked at another study. I'm just going to quickly glance at it here. This is on PubMed 2, um, a large-scale experiment on New Year's resolutions, approach-oriented goals – are more successful than avoidance oriented goals. So what what this is basically saying is your your um Oreos was an avoidance oriented goal, right? And that is not really how like we know cognitive behavioral therapy works. Right. So basic principles of cognitive behavioral therapy um, kind of go like this. I wrote a synopsis here. So basically, whatever the behavior is that we're trying to change, that's a learned behavior. If we have a maladaptive behavior, and maladaptive is a fancy way of saying a behavior that causes problems in our life, right? It brings in negative outcomes in our life that we don't want anymore. That's a learned behavior. Like you learned over time, however, that Oreos were good, right? Yeah. And we learned, I mean, you don't come out of the out of the womb smoking, you know, you learn that. You learn that from watching it, your it came peers. came out of the womb smoking yeah, hot. You learn, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> uh, you, uh, you see your peers doing that, you see your parents doing that, whatever you see, and then you pick it up and then you get a benefit from that and then you continue doing that, right? Yeah. So the CBT is completely, cognitive behavioral therapy is based on social learning theory. And it, it's assumed that, people begin to do these things because they learn to do so. So that's fine. The cool thing about that is you've learned all these bad habits. Wonderful. You can learn really good habits too. Like if you picked up all these bad ones, cool. You have the, you have the obvious like foundation to develop new habits. So over time though, what happens is, is like whatever that maladaptive behavior is, if it's continued, you know, for a period of time, and if it's not immediately like punished to the point where you don't want to do it anymore, like Oreos, for example, it's going to affect how you think, how you feel and what you do. So over time, people start developing certain beliefs about whatever it is. So like for you, Oreos, you know, like they're the best cookie in the world. They're better than other cookies. And here's the reasons why. And I can put them in this milk and make this disgusting soup. And <laughs> <laughs> like, like, uh, it's difficult some, but you think about like drugs or heroin, like sometimes people find it very difficult to function without those. Yeah. Right. Um, or that, uh, it makes them feel better for a short period of time. And, um, or, you know, so they don't want to feel so bad or that, uh, you know, they, um, like convincing yourself that, yeah, after I get a few drinks in me, then I can go talk to a girl. Well, it's not liquid courage. It's, it's, it's just making you more comfortable with being an idiot. That's all it is. <laughs> like you're not more courageous. You're just more comfortable being stupid. That's fine. Which is it's great. about right. Yeah. So, yeah. so what CBT does is it gives you, it really slows that process down because that's become like, if you ever heard of like your subconscious thought, really what we're talking about there is like automatic thoughts. Okay. These are thoughts right. that are 
happening so fast that we really don't even have an awareness of them, right? So we we say, okay, let's pay attention to these automatic processes. Let's slow them down and let's intervene when we can. Now that takes time though. That takes time to do that. Now the most important thing is you can't just take away a bad habit. That does not work. You can't just stop a bad habit. Uh, just an avoid like what really you can stop a bad habit. The best way to do that is by creating new and effective ways to manage whatever that is. So, for example, I mean, I don't know what Oreos do for you, but substance use sometimes if it's peace of mind, if it's um you know, I'm, I'm, uh, trying to numb out because I don't want to have to deal with trauma or or whatever it is. There's other ways that we can deal with that, but people need to learn those skills. So simply stopping drugs is not going to help. Simply stopping smoking isn't going to help. Like, you know, going to the gym and, you know, I'm trying to lose weight, losing weight in and of itself is not going to help. I need to make lifestyle changes, not just like changes to this one tiny little area, because for whatever reason, up until that point, those things served a purpose, not going to the gym served a purpose, right? Not, I mean, not, not exercising regularly served a purpose. Smoking served a purpose, right? I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad either. I'm saying that it had a function, right? And, and you need to recognize that and validate it because it's an important part of your life. Important doesn't mean healthy. It just means it's an important part of your life. So the only way that I can really address that is by bringing these new effective skills that are coming in here. And and the last part is practice. I can't, I mean, if I, if I try this, when we tell clients, I mean, I routinely tell my clients, I'm going to give you this skill and it's probably not going to work and that's okay. And the whole, you know, Do the same thing. Yeah. And saying, okay, maybe on the, like there was a, um, a book that I read, I think I've shared it with you, Mind Over Mood by Christine yep. Podesky. And she was saying that usually not until you're about 30 thought journals deep are you starting to make a dent on behavior change. That's the number I use when I explain it to clients. Right. Now, they, in therapy, they get a lot of conflicting information because they all also hear nonsense like, you know the definition of insanity, okay. doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want you the- to do the same thing over and over again and expect different results because eventually it's going to happen. It's because behavior change right. takes time, dummy. Like, so, which, uh, did you know Albert Einstein never even said that? I uh, No. Yeah, I, Google it, folks. He never yeah. even said that shit. So, I mean, people try to simplify it and they get very, um, like, it always turns into cliches like smart goals. Like, I'm so sick of that. <laughs> like mm-hmm. when we want to set goals, we don't want to be dumb about it. So that's why we set smart goals. Right. The, the, the whole like way that that's set up to introduce the clients is what makes you cringe. Huh? Yeah. You can't, there's no <laughs> way to do that and sound like cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and really how redundant is it? It's specific and measurable. The, like the oh. A and the R are very like, you know, attainable and realistic. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the same thing. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. And specific, it's kind of time bound. Here's here's yeah. real simple. What I would say is, if you're setting a goal, I think realistic is is well, specific is good, um, but also positive. Like, if you're going to discontinue a negative behavior, the best way to do that is amplify a more effective behavior. Like what? Like <clears throat> so, for example, if you know, um, I, I I'm I'm not simply so like if I. Okay. Um, I quit smoking. I, I want to quit smoking, right? <clears throat> it wouldn't just be the absence of smoking cigarettes 
that would be my goal. What am I doing instead of having that cigarette in my mouth? What, as, as opposed to just refraining, you're, you're saying I need to be thinking something else that I can do. Correct. And I don't know what that is. Like it can be anything, right? I mean, it, it, it can be anything that is the, the trick. The tricky part about that is you have to lower your expectations on how much yes. that's going to reinforce your need at that time. Because unfortunately there's not many things we can do behaviorally. That's going to match the, you know, the, the, the buzz you're going to get from a cigarette or any other drug for that right. matter. Right. Um, so, you know, like the gym's a, a pretty decent example, you know, well in the absence of what, so I'm, I'm trying to lose weight. Um, I would say if, if you can one way or another, you know, try to make that, that gym experience tolerable and entertaining and fun that to the degree that you look forward to it, that's awesome. And however you go about doing that. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know how you do that. And, and so sometimes maybe it is social media posts. I don't know. I mean, that doesn't work for me. If that does it for you. Right. Do it. I, I always, I always, my, my trick is I always will sign myself up for an event that costs money and that I look forward to. And really the only, I don't really tell a whole lot of people about it. Um, and then I just get ready for it. And now I have a date in mind and I know, and it's far enough out there that I don't have to, that I can, you know, slowly work up to it. And then that day comes and then, you know, I'm ready to go. I get a training schedule. I try to follow it. I do my best. Some days I miss. Okay. Happens. You know, that, that date in the future though makes you feel like, well, I can't bail out now. I've got something that I have to train for. I've already committed to it. And so it's like this, um, predetermined, this is what you're going to do on this day. So you damn well better get ready. Right. Yeah. Right. So rather than a prescription of do it like this, rather answer these questions. Okay. Um, if you're making a change, say the changes I want to make or continue to make are fill in the blank. Okay. And these need to be concrete, like easy to measure, like yeah. type of thing. Got to be mean, able to track it. When somebody says, I just want to feel better. I have no clue what you're talking about. I, I want to be more positive. Yeah. I, I want to be, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I just want to take it one day at a time. Like, <laughs> yeah. I get it. Like you're saying less words now, but that's not smaller. Right. Like you, I want you to define what that means. Like I'm, I'm going to, um, you know, <laughs> it, what I say, I I'll say, okay, your goal is to be more positive. Like think of a way, how could I tell that you've are, are being more positive? Mm -hmm. and, Cause then, then they have to give me something to observe right. and then we can start kind of work towards. So I'm going to go from zero compliments to five compliments per week. Okay. Measurable. Okay. There's, there we got it. Yep. We right. Okay. The reasons I want to make these changes are. Fill in the blank. So it gives you reasons as to why you want to make these changes, right? The steps I, I plan to take in changing are. And so we need to see what steps specifically. And I'm and I'm talking about the today. What are you going to do today to start? I know you're not going to make those changes today. What are you going to start doing today, though? Okay. So I'm going to go <clears throat> sign up for Vasa and I'm going to buy myself some, uh, some uh, workout clothes. Right. The ways other people can help me are... And these are kind of really important steps is I will know that my plan is working if. Oh, that's a good one. So I'm going to know my plan is working if I see these things. And and um, some things that could interfere with my plan are, and that's just you not, not saying that you're going to fail, 
<laughs> we're just potential at, barriers and roadblocks, right? I mean, we don't we don't do fire drills because we want there to be a fire. We just do fire drills because we are, you know, in case there is one. Yeah. Everybody pretends they're going to get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And lastly, uh what I will do if the plan isn't working. And and really like, you know, how will I know the plan isn't working? What will tell me that the plan isn't working at that point? You know, how will I hmm. change these things up? So th- those are I think when you first of all assess your readiness to change have a frank conversation with yourself and determine, well, really, where in the stage of change continuum am I? And then until you're ready to step into the action stage of change, don't try to make those changes. Really, you need to focus on what need, what do I need to have in place to get into the action stage? Answer those questions and go. That is where we need to be. That is the prescription for it. There's no do this, do that, and you'll be fine. Right. I mean, you and I could offer up everything we do, but that... That that's not what we're suggesting. It'd right. be beyond the scope of the whole point of this. Right. You should be guiding this. You should be determining this. This should be your decision. And and by and large, you're going to be better for it because it's your decision. And and these are the these are the steps to get you there. So hopefully that helps. I mean, anybody who's listening to this, really consider why they're making New Year's resolutions. And again, I'm not criticizing you for coming to the gym. Please, more. Let's build more gyms. It's great. Um, I just, I, I, I really just wish people would stick to it more. And, and just pay attention to etiquette, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and always, always, always use the squat rack for, for curls. curls. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Okay. <laughs> All right. Then uh, I guess we'll end there, huh? Yeah, let's do no, it. Okay. See you guys. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed the discourse between these two gym bunnies, and we hope you're able to apply some of these strategies to your New Year's resolution this year. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please help us grow by giving us a five-star rating and sharing with a friend. We love you guys for doing that. This episode was brought to you by Alpha Counseling and Treatment. Alpha provides clinical treatment, case management, and peer support for clients involved in the criminal justice system. Check out the website at utahsbesttherapy.com to find out more. We'd like to stay in chat, but we're lying. Good night.